Thanks for listening to the Church at Severn Run Messages podcast. You can find more information about the church at severnrun.com. Enjoy the message. All right, well, good morning, Severn Run. Hey, would you guys join me in a word of prayer? Father, thank you so much for uh, this morning. Thank you that you are a God of new beginnings. Father, we've begun the new rhythm of a school year. We ask your blessings upon uh, the children and students. Father, we pray your blessings upon the the, the teachers and those who work with them. We pray, Father, your blessings upon those who are uh, taking another run at parenting in this season. And God, in the name of Jesus, we pray that we would help in the beginning of every day and every new season, help us to see... God, your open hands and your invitation to love. Speak to us. In Jesus' name, and all God's people say, amen. Amen. Well, we're beginning a new series this morning called You're Invited, and we are going to be spending the next eight weeks or so looking at the invitation of God. Invitations are wonderful things. Now, there are bad invitations and there are good invitations, and we're talking about the good kind. And when you think about an invitation, and we're going to unpack this more later in other series, when you think about an invitation to a party, for instance, think back to a time that you received an invitation that really meant something to you. You got it, and you were really, you know, pleased and glad that you were were invited. Gosh, an invitation means that somebody has, has done all the work. It means that somebody has done all the preparation. It means that somebody, when they communicated the invitation, they were thinking about you. Today, I want you to know that you are invited to love. This is the greatest invitation that there is. We want to kind of set a foundation for where we're going and in a moment share with you Galatians 5, kind of the, the, the scriptures that we're going to be unpacking uh, for these next weeks. But I really want to say, although it sounds a little bit trite, maybe, that the deepest need of life is for love that doesn't let us down. Now, it's crazy. We live in a nation in which we have had more mass shootings than we have had days in the year. We live in a nation where suicide is up by 33% since 1999. We live in a nation where more people have died of drug overdose and suicide than each year than have died in, in the, the entire Vietnam War. And it would absolutely be crazy for us to sit back and, and act like everything's normal, like we're okay, like we don't need something. We do. And what we need more than anything else is to accept the invitation to love. It's a love that doesn't let us down. In a broken world, and we are all broken, right? That's one of the foundations of, of our uh, community together at the Church of Seven Run. We're not a bunch of church people who are pretending like we've got it all together. You're broken. I'm broken. Um, we're, we're all broken, and death proves the truth of our brokenness. We can't heal ourselves, save ourselves, extend our lives. We are, we are created in a mystery, and, and we are broken in the middle. And we need an answer. Again, it sounds so trite to say the answer is love, but it is. 
And, and the scripture is very, uh, you know, clear as it could be to say that, that what a person desires is unfailing love. That's what you were made for uh, in, in the most deepest and profound way that, that is, it's in your DNA, it's, it's from your soul, it's, it's from everything in the most, you know, profound part of you. You were created for a love that can't fail you. And so in life, we're looking for that love and we can't find it. Because everybody else around us is broken. And we cannot fill our emptiness with the emptiness of another. And so what a person desires is unfailing love. And and it sounds true. I don't care how tough you are and and how uh, hard of a shell that you might put up. Inside of you, there's just this little kid looking for an unfailing love. The approval of a mother or a father. The favor of a coach the compliment of a teacher, the affirmation that it's a good thing for you to be in the world. I, I don't care who you are or, or how uh, much you think you've got life by the tail, the reality is that inside of you, um, there is something working so hard just to earn love. And the deepest pains in life are the times where love was most needed and most absent. Every one of us here is, in one sense, in recovery, <laughs> except we can't recover without God's divine love. And, and where, uh, where we are in life really just is a matter of, am I dealing with my brokenness or am I not? And, and there's just so many ways to live in denial of your brokenness, to, to shove it down, but, but, but the reality is that the brokenness is going to, to work its way out until love is let in. So today I just want you to know, in the simplest, most foundational way that I could, as we begin a new season and a new beginning at the church has ever run, you are invited to love. Now as we set the stage for this series, I I want to, to toughen up this love that you're invited to because it's not a love without sorrow. And and I want us to take what is often flat religious language and make it three-dimensional. I want us to take what is often, um, you know, kind of this perfectionist sort of a thing and, and make it real world. In other words, the love that you're invited to is, is, is different than what you expect. The love of God isn't romantic. It's not magical. It's tough and it's eternal. The, the love of God isn't easy and it's not painless. Uh, the, the, the reality is that it's challenging and but it's joyful. The love of God isn't obvious you know, it, it, it takes faith and searching for, but it is beautiful and purposeful. So as we think about love, I don't want you to immediately launch into some magical, you know, uh, yellow brick road kind of uh, butterflies in the background vision of what God's love looks like at work in your life. It's going to be more. It's going to be different. It's going to be tougher. Uh, it's going to be more engaging. It's, it's going to be a love that is, that is eternal and complete, but also a love that has sorrow in the middle of it. Jesus was called a man of sorrows. And in fact, in a broken world, to love invites a certain amount of of sorrow in our lives. But here's the deal. Love wins if you let it. You guys were a little slow on the uptake. So let's say it together. Love wins wins. if you let it. it. And that's the key. So 
So as we talk about these, the, the Word of God, and as we talk about the Scriptures, I want you to have a fuller, more multidimensional understanding of what love is. And, and don't come at it with magical thinking. Don't come at it with, with the idea that, that God's love at work in the broken is going to look just like heaven in the future. Heaven is coming, but this isn't it. And it's the, uh, you know, the reality that this isn't heaven that, that is the, the revelation of idolatry. When we demand that earth be heaven, we are trying to, to create something that God hasn't given us yet. We need to accept where we are. We need to accept the work of God in the now, in the broken. And we need to be willing to trust the power of God's love even in the midst of sorrow. And, and, and to realize these things are, are not mutually exclusive, but they they go together. In Galatians 5, verses 22 through 25, the scripture says this, but the fruit of the Spirit. Now, right there, uh, we're, we're, we're talking about the collision of the kingdom of, of God and the kingdom of this world. We're talking about the, the ways and the operating system of the world clashing with the, the coming of, of, of love on earth. We're, we're talking about two completely different uh, realities, like two streams that are colliding into one another. And the, the fruit of the Spirit, that means the natural work of the Spirit. When, when Jesus Christ lives inside of you, you are naturally going to have love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. These aren't things that you're going to be working towards or aspiring towards. They're going to be the, the work of God inside of you. As you accept God's invitation to love, then, then, then the Spirit of God is going to come and live inside of you and, and be loved through you. You're going to be loved, and then you're going to be loved. And it is a supernatural work, and it's a messy work, and, and it, is a, it is a work, again, that includes sorrow. And there's going to be times that you're going to want to let go of love and, and, and turn your back on God because things are hard, and, and you're going to have to hear the voice of Jesus in the background saying, in this world, you're going to have trouble, John 16, But take heart. Have a stronger vision of my love. Trust me. Look at my life. Look at the determination of my life. Look how I never lived my life avoiding. I didn't avoid pain. I went through. I set you the example that the way to the resurrection is through a cross. But love won on the third day, if you remember the story. <laughs> Let me remind you. And if you and I will trust love even in the sorrow of the cross and the broken of the world, then, then we're going to experience the power of the resurrection and the joy long before that. The scripture says, let us look to, to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him. What that means is that as Jesus was, was loving in this broken world and, 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 and suffering along the way, the, the beatings, the nails, the hardship, the humiliation, you know what drove him? It was the joy set before him. And this was the work of God in him, in spite of all the work the world was doing against him. So the work of God in your life, not things that you have to create or try to be good enough or live up to, the work of God when you simply accept God's invitation and you understand, I'm wanted, I'm welcomed, and I belong. 
In fact, a, a, a key uh, breakthrough in, in true faith is understanding that I belong here and not here. You're at the party, and, and everybody is, is there, and, and you know you shouldn't be drinking, but, but you do anyway, because you're looking for love and joy and peace. But you don't belong here. You belong over here with Jesus. You don't belong scratching around in a broken world. You don't belong, uh, you know, having a life filled with suicidal thoughts. You don't belong alone and apart. You are wanted. You are welcomed and invited. And you belong in love. And so the question this morning really is, will you, will you live where you belong? In the arms of God and, and not scratching around in the, the, the dirt and muck of a broken world. The fruit of the Spirit goes on to, to and we're going to walk through each one of these in the days to come, gentleness and self-control. Against that, there's no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Uh, this, this is where it gets hard. Because to, to accept your invitation to love is to reject other invitations. Anytime we say yes to one thing, we say no to other things. When you say I do to your spouse, you say I don't to other people. Are we all clear on that concept? Sometimes I'm thinking we're not so clear. Every yes is a no. And every no is a yes to something else. And to say yes to Jesus means that I have chosen to accept my place in the heart of God. And that I believe, no matter how I feel, uh, you know, my, my emotions will not rule my intellect. I'm not going to live upside down, E over I. I'm going to live right side up, my intellect guiding my emotions under God. That, that I understand that I'm going to have to crucify my flesh. And there's going to be sorrow in that. There's going to be pain. There's going to be times where it's going to be incredibly hard for you to say no to yourself and no to other people. But all those passions and all those desires can never produce unfailing love. So if you and I choose to live according to our passions, the Romans says that we're going to die. Um, if you and I choose to, to follow our passions and our desires, um, we're doing so driven by this soul deep desire for unfailing love, but, but our flesh cannot ever find it. Only the Spirit of God can give it through Christ. And so, then we're invited to a Spirit-led life. Since we live by the Spirit, let us walk in step with the Spirit. I want to remind you of some really basic theology, and that is that when you accept your invitation to love through faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. The Spirit of Jesus, Jesus Himself, comes to live inside of you. And as we yield to Him, He lives through us. But I'm telling you that this faith that we're talking about is, is not magical and easy. It is hard and good. And the hardest thing to believe in life is this, that I am loved by God who's perfectly good. Perfectly loved by God who's perfectly good. And Satan is going to attack that foundation in a thousand different ways and to say you're not loved um, or because things are hard and there's sorrow in your life, God is not good and, and it is simply a lie. This is the foundation of 
of everything. That God so loved everyone in the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would have life, eternal life, and would never perish. You're invited to love. Here's what I'm praying to. Um, I'm praying that at some point that there's a great many of us who are going to make the transition from religious knowledge to personal experience. You've heard these words before, but, but you heard them in a flat, one-dimensional way. You heard these words before, but the love that you were invited to uh, isn't, isn't what you've experienced, or at least what you think you should be experiencing. But the love of God is an unfailing love that is tougher than nails and more real than your, your pain. Have you believed... And do you, do you trust God's goodness? I love Jeremiah 31.3. It says, The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Now think about that. <laughs> Before you were ever born, God loved you. Before you were ever, ever born, God loved you. Um, for, for all of eternity, God will never forget you. I've loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. Again, so many of us here simply do not believe that because life has been hard. Because of the the child we lost, the husband who left, um, the betrayals we've experienced because of of the heartache of life, we've concluded that either God isn't really good or he's really perfectly good, but he just doesn't love someone like me. Simply not true. It's, it's lying religion. Religion is a wall pretending to be a bridge. Um, uh, religion is, is knowing spiritual things without experiencing God's personal life-changing love. And so today, again, this is the, the most simple foundational beginning to our series, our You're Invited series. It is, it is so simple that it's, there's a danger you're going to let it go right over your head instead of hitting you in the heart. But I want to share with you really a new definition of what it means to believe. To believe is to accept that I am the love of God. I know I don't mean, Pastor Drew, you're claiming you're the love of God. Well, I guess I am, but you are the love of God. Some of y'all are going, oh, that sounds kind of fishy. I can see it in your eyes. <laughs> I believe with all my heart it's the deepest theology that there is. I am the love of God's life. I am am the ultimate object of his infinite love. I want you to say that to yourself right now. Let's just say it out loud. I am the love of God. I am the love of God. This is is the truth of Scripture. This is the heart of, of every word written on every page of Scripture. That God so loved you that he gave his life, his most precious gift that he could possibly give. God himself died on the cross in in Christ. And he did this for love. He, he did this because he was thinking of you. You are the love of God's life. But the hardness of the world and, and, and the pain of your life is going, to, is going to be another voice speaking against the truth of God's voice. And you're not going to want to believe that God loves you so because, because life isn't turning out the way you think. How could God love me and I have cancer? 
How could God love me and, and my child uh, be, be, be suffering so? Well, we're going to get a chance to answer those questions, uh, to see the answer to those questions in heaven. But for now, we're given all the evidence of every page of Scripture and the ultimate evidence of the life of Jesus Christ. God demonstrated his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It's just mind-blowing <laughs> to, to, to think that you are the love of God's life. And I'm just telling you right now, there's a spiritual battle going on in your heart and, 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 and there's going to be you know, other voices in your head and there's going to be Satan saying, you need to, you know, this, this really isn't true, but this is everything. This is the invitation. And when you really stop and, and begin to believe like a little child, Jesus said in Matthew 18, unless you change and become like a little child, you're never going to enter the kingdom of heaven. You stand out there with all your adult understanding and, and your adult cynicism and, and your adult religious knowledge and control and ego, uh, Jesus said you're never getting in because you've got to change and become like a little child and trust Papa's love. I want you just to sit with that just for a second. Do you believe that you are the love of God's life? Because Jesus says you are. But to say I'm the love of life uh, is, is really has a double meaning. It has a double entendre, two senses, because it means that not only are you the, the love of God's life, it means that you are the life of God's love on earth. I am the love of God. And when you truly believe, you're not saved to sit in a seat. I'm not trying to create Baptists here. Do you understand that? I'm not. You know, there is no branding with a B that we're going to do, you know, when you come to Membership Matters. That's not who we are. We're here to create followers of Jesus who are following love. We're here to, to, to have people who offer the broken pieces of their lives in humility to the, to the Savior who can put it all back together so beautifully. We're here not to build religious knowledge. Jesus never led anybody to a classroom. He led them out into a broken world to be loved. But you'll never be loved until you let yourself be loved. And there's so many of us out here who are simply not willing to be vulnerable and, and dare to believe the simplest truth of all, that God actually loves me. I, I have four degrees, you know, four degrees. Do you know what I, I learned through all those degrees? Jesus loves me, this I know. <laughs> For the Bible tells me so. And that's the foundation of everything. And I don't care how much you know, if you don't know that in a heart-deep way, you don't know anything. Be loved. Accept your invitation. Stop, stop acting like your sin is greater than God. To, to imagine that your sin is so great that God can't forgive it is, is to, to imagine that, that, that you have one match in your hand and the ocean is not enough to, to put it out. God is infinite. His love is endless. He has loved you with an everlasting love in every direction, in all of time and space. God has loved you and drawn you to himself kind, with kindness and with unfailing love. Also that you would accept his invitation. Not in arrogance or ego, but in profound gratitude and humility to say, I am the love of God's life. 
Therefore, I don't need to live with an ego. I don't need to be the center of attention. Um, I don't need to live needy for other people. I, I don't have to act out my neediness in, in sexual stupidity. I, I don't have to, to uh, sit in my pain or, or to sit in the energy of denying my pain my whole life and, and hurt the people around me. I can simply accept my place in the kingdom of God as the well-loved child of the Father. And when you do that, when you truly let yourself be loved, you no longer set yourself up as judge over people. When you do that, when you accept God's love, you become God's love on earth. That, that's why Matthew 25, 40 is so key. I tell you the truth, Jesus said, whatever you do to one of the least of these, you did to me. The, the reality of the scripture in John 17, 23, this, you know, to use some, some theological language, this is Incarnation. I in them and you in me. This is a prayer in John 17, 23. Jesus is praying on the last night of his life. The reality of the Son of God, this blasphemy in the eyes of the Jews was getting him crucified. Are you the Son of God? And when Jesus says that he was, they, they yell blasphemy. But it was the truth. He is the incarnation of God. And, and so, so he then unveils just a, a bomb when he says, it's not just you in me, but it's I in them. In John 20, 21, you hear me say almost every week as of late, and I'm going to keep saying it until we keep getting it. Got it? Good. Because <laughs> when we're living it, that's when we're getting it. As the Father has sent me to be love in the world, to be a healing touch, hands on, God in the flesh, not a disembodied voice in heaven saying, I love you down there, but God washing feet. God touching crippled legs. God, you know, touching blind eyes that have cried a whole life for what they can't see. God touching deaf ears so that the first time they can hear the songs of the bird and, 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 and the love of their child. God with hands and feet and a voice. God with tears who wept with hurting people. This God came down to this world in the flesh and his plan in the 21st century is to do the exact same thing through you. But you can't do that and be religious. You want to know one of the truths that we just recently discovered? And I don't think it's just Severn. It's just the, where we are culturally in America. If we measure the people, um, you know, and the, the, the people we can measure most easily are the ones who have children, bring children in. 70% of the people who attend the Church of Seven Run attend every four to seven weeks. So seven out of ten people here are here once a month or once every seven or eight weeks. Now, I, you know, uh, you know I, I, we're not talking about you know, church attendance as earning holy points or anything like that. But I'm just simply saying, really? Are you kidding me? Jesus is my life. His love has wrapped me up and saved me. His love has taken me from my pain and brokenness into uh, his joy and, and embrace. I recognize who I am now. I am the love of God's life. My purpose on earth is no longer simply to, to climb a corporate ladder to win the rat race and still be a rat. Really? He's given me a new purpose. 
You imagine if Jesus came down from heaven and, and started a business and spent his whole life uh, as an entrepreneur. What? You missed it. As the Father has sent me, I have sent you to be my love in a broken world. Your life has a high and noble purpose. You're called out of a lesser story that you will write. Every story that you will write will be a fearful, self-centered story that ends badly. Every story that you allow God to write ends in glory. Who's going to write your story? If God's writing your story, I'm just going to say it. And, and, and again, this is not about earning your way to heaven through church attendance. I'm just simply saying, if God's writing your story, you're not going to be here once every seven weeks. Because seven days a week, you are living as the beloved of God. And seven days a week, you are being the love of God. And you're starting where it's hardest at home. Guys, you're invited into the unfailing love of God through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to remind you that a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, again, it's not religious. It's not the Catholic practice of, of, you know, you know, uh, you know, attending and, 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 and confessing and being forgiven. It's not the Baptist practice of, of checking a box to say, I've done this or that. It is the biblical practice of, of life in the presence of God uh, with, as father-daughter, father-son, seven days a week, being loved and being loved. And I want to share you, and again, in the simplest ways we set the foundation for this series, that accepting this invitation will cost you your life. I want to apologize for everybody who's presented to you a cheap religion and and an easy grace in the past. Because I'm telling you that that it is hard to, to accept the love of Jesus. It's going to cost you your ego and your pride. It's going to cost you your control and your unbelief. And I want to tell you that it's going to cost you your whole life. But here's the deal. If you accept this invitation that I'm extending you, you will get your life back. Jesus put it this way in Mark 8, 34. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself, themselves, and take up their cross and follow me once every seven weeks. Sorry. It was a cheap shot. I'm sorry. (laughs) Daily. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Can you just read that for yourself? So many of us here are dying on the inside. We're trying so hard to save ourselves, to make it work. It's not going to work. It can't. But whoever loses their life for me and for the good news of my love, the gospel, will save it. Guys, I just want to remind you that you're invited to love. You don't have to live sad, in sorrow, in brokenness. 
that when you accept your invitation into the heart of God, that you can live in love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. You can live in the presence of God himself. So today I just want to lead us in a prayer of acceptance. And I'm going to ask you, if you want to accept your place in the love of God, if you would today dare to believe that you are the love of God's life, I mean, could that really be true? If you're willing to believe that you are the love of God's life, and if you're willing to be the life of God's love in the world, then I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. I'm going to read it aloud, and I'm going to ask you to, to, to pray it silently. You can pray with your eyes open. You know that, right? Especially when you're driving. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> but this is a crossroads that changed my life forever. I resisted this prayer for a year and a half. When I prayed, this, this is, you know, when I, when I prayed, and I yielded to love, I'm just telling you, my life has changed so, so much. And God invaded my life and my family, my alcoholic family. He, he invaded my friends. I'm just telling you, the, the waves of that decision will echo through eternity, and, and so will they in you. You're invited. Will you accept your invitation? I'm going to read it aloud. I'm asking you to, to pray these words silently if they express the desires of your heart. Lord Jesus, I need you. Please forgive me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I open the door of my life and I receive you as my Savior and my Lord. Thank you for forgiving me. And giving me eternal life. You gave it to me. I didn't deserve it. I didn't have to earn it. Please take control of my life. And please use me however you want to be love in the world. Father, I pray that you would help us to know where we belong and where we don't. And Father, that you would help us today, so many of us, to make a move from the places that are death and dying, the places that are hopeless and, and hellish, the places where there is only more brokenness in the path ahead, and God, that we would simply turn and trust and call on the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that all over this room that there would be those of us who would today honestly in a whole life, seven-day-week way, accept our place in your love. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. The two things on that. If you really prayed that prayer, then, then you're going to want to follow up for the rest of your life. It begins in baptism. It never ends, but it's a seven-day-a-week journey, uh, being the love of God and being the love of God in in, in 
in a broken world. I'm going to ask you to do something a little different this morning. I'm going to ask you to, to take out your phone for a second and go to sevenrunner.info. Right there on the first page, you'll see a, a, a little button that says, My Response. If today you made a decision uh, to accept your place in the love of God, I want you to click on that response and just let us know that. It's very simple and very, very easy. If today you uh, are intrigued and curious and you want to talk with a real person who isn't pushy, then click on that button and just give us an email or a, a phone number and we will contact you. Uh, we will go to breakfast. We'll go to lunch. Uh, I'll even buy. And with flesh on, we will we'll explore your invitation to the love of God. Guys, I want to tell you in the name of Jesus that love has won and that love will win if we let it. And then when this becomes real to you and when Jesus becomes the love of your life, you will find the Spirit of God in your life welling up inside of you to love in new ways and to to spread His joy and His peace. And I'm just telling you, we need you to step up and to start a revolution through faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Guys, get ready for what God is is, is about to do in, in the church at Severn Run. If you enjoyed today's message, feel free to share it with your friends. As we like to say, love well, live Jesus, and believe big.